Let's just start with a word of prayer. Father, we come before your throne of grace, O oh Lord. We thank you because we know that your presence is so strong here in our midst. We just feel your anointing, O oh Lord. We thank you because the teacher is here in this place. For the Lord Jesus Christ himself dwells and is gathered in the midst of his children. O oh Holy Spirit, guide us, counsel us, and teach us through your word, O oh Master, who Jesus, the Lord Jesus is, and the heart of the Father the heart of the Father, towards us, his children. Father, we worship you, we bless you. We give you all the glory and all the praise. We give you all the glory and all the praise. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. The title of the message is Receiving from a Full God. Receiving from a Full God. Last time we studied about trees of righteousness and if you get a chance you should listen to the message uh, that we are as believers trees of righteousness and we are now planted by a river on Mount Zion there's always a river we are Mount Zion is the church and we are trees you know Psalms 1 was a powerful psalm about the wish list of a righteous man on the earth right he'll be a his leaf will never wither whatever he does prospers I mean it's like the best the ideal a wish list of a righteous man on the earth and for for years under the old covenant people would long to get this righteousness under which they can receive all the benefits of psalms 1 but they could not until the church got established and suddenly psalms 1 gets fulfilled and we are those trees of righteousness our fruit never withers our leaf never fails because now we are planted by that river and that river shows up in ezekiel and which is what we studied last time that ezekiel that river that <laughs> Which the Bible says that river cannot be crossed because the abundance of his grace is so much you cannot cross this river that means meets your every need and he said that river flows from the right side of the altar the right side of the altar what is the altar the altar is Jesus right Jesus is the altar he flows right side of him that means his righteousness is what produces all the supply and then we are planted by this and the Bible says in the issue look at that Ezekiel he says People were catching fish, not in the great sea. They were catching the fish of the great sea outside their homes. Means that river comes to your house. That's the believer. The believer doesn't have to go and hunt for great fish in New York City. (laughs) It shows up in Carrollton and Louisville. You're prosperous here. It's not the city that will make you prosperous. It's not the country that will make you prosperous. It will be... Wherever you are, because the river is there. I mean, do you believe that? I mean, that if we live in such exciting times, if you, if you knew the trees of righteousness are yours, and the Bible is so, God is so excited to say that that tree, Isaiah says, is my planting, the work of my hands, so that I will be glorified. Means <laughs> what he's saying is, no one gets this credit for this plant. I mean, yes, he calls you a plant. <laughs> He calls you a tree that's grown up. But he says, no one is going to get the credit for this tree of righteousness because their righteousness is from me. Wow. You know, Jesus every time went around looking at trees, cursing them, you know, because they were depending on their efforts to produce fruit. Correct? So every time a fig tree shows up with leaves, he's expecting, if you have leaves, which is a picture of righteousness, what should you have? Fruits. So what happened in the old covenant was they were having a form of righteousness. But guess what? 
no fruit. And so he's like, he curses them because the re- he curses as a, out of mercy. Guess what? If he doesn't curse the fig tree, the fig tree will think this is all that is there to life, just having leaves. But because it's cursed, he knows that's false righteousness. In fact, last message was imputed righteousness is what we are supposed to live on, not filthy rag righteousness, right? Filthy rag righteousness is the righteousness that comes from your works. God says, let me give you my righteousness. Imputed, say imputed righteousness. My goodness, there is no other greater truth in the Bible than the understanding of imputed righteousness. I know it's such a complicated word, imputed righteousness, but there is no other word to describe it. It's imputed, means it is given to you. You didn't earn it. And that's a righteousness. So we call trees of righteousness in Isaiah. So exciting, exciting. We are not going to go there and preach that whole message again. But let's talk about a receiving from a full God. I believe this is going to be a signature message for you, for your life, for your ministry, for a lot of people that you minister to. It's going to be receiving from a full God. Receiving from a full God. Let me, and if you're with me, and if you're, if you're like, I, there are a lot of verses, I've got a lot of verses, right? But I don't, I don't, I don't know whether I can cover all that. But, but let's go as much as the Holy Spirit will lead us today. Let's go as much as we feel the freedom to do it. And then later on, we'll decide whether we need to break it up into a different session or, or, Send you the notes and you all can read it. Okay? But let's go through this. Let's go to Joel chapter 2. Today the Holy Spirit will reveal about the heart of the Father to you. Just just for you to know the heart of the Father. Let's go to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 is, you know, you have read Joel chapter 2 before. But it looks very dreadful. Right? It looks like a dreadful, dreadful chapter. But it is not a very dreadful chapter. This is the beauty, beauty of this thing. Okay, so if you're, if you're with me, let's read this. Joel chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Everybody got Joel chapter 2? Did you get it? Yeah. I want you to go to Joel chapter 2 because there, is, there are a lot of verses, but I just want you to get into this. Joel chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming for it is at hand a day of darkness and gloominess a day of clouds and thick darkness like the mountain cloud morning clouds spread over the mountain a people great and strong the like of who has never been will there never ever be after them even for successive generations a fire devours before them and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the garden of Eden before them and behind them a desolate wilderness. Surely nothing shall escape them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, like swift steeds. So they run with a noise like chariots over mountaintops. They leap like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stubble, like a strong people set in battle array. Before them the people writhe in pain. All faces are drained of color. They run like mighty men. They climb the walls like men of war. Each one marches in formation. They do not break ranks. They do not push one another. Each one marches in his own column. They lunge between the weapons. They are not cut down. They run to and fro in the city. They run over the walls. They climb on the houses. They enter at the 
windows like a thief the earth quakes before them the heavens tremble the sun and the moon grows dark and the stars diminish his brightness the lord gives voice before his army and his camp is very great for strong is the one who executes his word for the day of the lord is great and tremble who can endure it has this ever happened you know it's never happened it's the day of the lord that has been postponed and postponed and postponed and postponed it shows up finally in revelation john sees the same picture of an army of locusts that run over walls through and they have they have, they have tails like snakes and they out of their mouth is fire that's the day of the lord the day of the lord is like an angelic army that comes to destroy and he says a third of men were killed third of men were killed and we are talking about the day of the lord and this day is coming brothers and sisters that day is coming on the earth right i mean this is that joel joel chapter 2 is looking at this day and he's saying who is in fact the alarm bells go when the sun becomes dark and the moon becomes blood that's when the light starts shining starts uh, blinking on the earth that everyone knows the day of the lord is here and they will all cry out and says who can turn up? they run and hide in caves and all these elon musk and sorry i was not just <laughs> jeff bezos and i mean i let's believe all of them get saved right before them even mars cannot help save them they cannot escape out of earth the day is coming it's huge it's crazy it's going to happen god knows about it jesus talks about it joel talks about it john saw it he says this day is coming it's going to come nobody can stand in fact people are going to hide in caves they're going to run into bunkers you know these bunkers that a lot of the rich guys the billionaires have all built a lot of the billionaires have bunkers in their mountains for crazy stuff you know but they knows in their spirit some crazy stuff is coming on the earth but they say that nobody can they say hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne that's jesus <laughs> so all judgment has been committed to jesus and jesus is going to show up on the earth with his army right right is this good or bad good <laughs> you guys are on this side of the jordan right <laughs> so like lord kill them all man kill them all <laughs> i should be like jesus what manner of spirit are you of <laughs> okay so now look at verse 12 now god just showed to prophet joel a dreadful day of the lord right this is not allegorical guys these are a lot of the commentaries bible commentaries will talk about it and say this is about the grasshoppers that cover israel this is no grasshoppers <laughs> not grasshoppers this is not this is not grasshoppers this is revelation you go to revelation you know when a third of mankind is killed this is serious stuff and god is saying okay now look verse 12 things change look at what happened in verse 12 now therefore says the lord turn to me with your heart with fasting and weeping and with mourning so rend your heart and not your garments return to the lord your god for he is gracious 
Say gracious and merciful. Are, God, are you serious? You just told me how crazy the day of the Lord is. Now God is saying, I don't want you to know me as that. I want you to know me as what? Gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. Say great kindness. Now I want you to repeat after me. Let's get this into your spirit. Now God is saying, for he is he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. Great kindness. God wants to be known as a God of gracious and merciful, full, slow to anger, and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. Say great kindness. God, you know, God the Father is not wanting to kill all the earth. He says, I'm a God full of compassion. I'm slow to anger. And I've got great kindness, not just kindness. Great kindness. And relents from doing harm. I'm looking for an opportunity to relent. So what he says, who knows, verse 14, who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering. Did you all get this? If you ask him for mercy, he will turn from judgment and just not turn from judgment. What will he do? He will leave a blessing. (laughs) this is like a cop who shows up at your house to arrest you and instead of arresting you comes and gives you a deed for a new house doesn't make any sense do you ever know a God who relents from judgment that itself is good but instead of relenting from a judgment he goes ahead and leaves a blessing that's your father God Your father God is a father God who when he is on the way to judge you is thinking how to leave a blessing for you. Doesn't make any sense. That's the God that you serve. He says God doesn't want to be known as a God who wants to destroy you. Doesn't want to judge you. He doesn't want to be known like that. He wants to be known as a God who relents and leaves a blessing. And now the Holy Spirit was sharing with me earlier this week. He said, Anil, do you know what that bird, that grain offering and the drink offering is? Any guesses? Yes! So, so, so here is a crazy earth with crazy people, with crazy sins, with evil intention all throughout. So God sends his prophets, they kill him. God sends his servants, they stone him. God sends everybody, they destroy them. And they still blaspheme against him. God sends mediocre judgments on them. Not, not the day of the Lord, right? He is, day of the Lord is his official wrath, but he doesn't. He lets them destroy themselves. And pretty much in most of the curses of Deuteronomy, is like, you just destroy yourself. God leaves you to your destruction not like i will not you you jump into the pool again i will not save you when you drown don't tell me that i sank you you got it 
See, that's how the world thinks. I sink because God sank me. No, 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 no. You jumped. At this time, God didn't save you. Got it? No, no, I designed the pool to sink you. No. <laughs> that's how the world thinks, right? God designed this pool to destroy you. Do you seriously? Duh. He makes everything perfect. I mean, there are like 20... Um, I don't know how many constants are there in physics and chemistry. If one constant is changed by one decimal, the earth cannot exist. Life cannot exist. I mean, like for example, like, like a constant of the melting point of water, ice. If the melting point of ice was one degree lower or higher, life cannot exist. I mean, everything is fine-tuned for you, for your convenience. And he says he made this to destroy you? No. So what he says is, so he relents. He, so God says, so we're talking about, he says, he comes, you know, when, so he finally, who shows up on the earth? So what are people expecting him to do? Judge the earth. You see, remember the parable where he said, first, finally, he will send his son because he's asking for fruit. There's no fruit. Like, like you give a house for rent, right? Now we have given our old house for rent. So what happens? The guy does not pay his rent. No, I'm not declaring that, okay? <laughs> I'm assuming, I'm, I'm giving a fictitious, fictitious situation. You know, he doesn't pay his rent. So I sent a message. He, 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 he abuses the guy, my message, my realtor. Then finally, I send somebody else. And then he hits, kills them and abuses them. Finally, I send my son, Joshua. If those guys touch that son, I mean, they have had it, right? They had it. So when the son shows up at the house, what is he showing up for? To get the rent. So when Jesus shows up, all of heaven is like, they better now don't touch the sun. You know, all of heaven is going, angels are going, they better not touch the sun, right? All of heaven knows how beloved the sun is. All of heaven knows that all of earth has been created by the sun, right? He is the guy who made it, right? So finally, so all of heaven is looking at this and guess what the sun does? Son pays the rent himself. After being killed. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. So here is somebody who leaves a blessing when he's coming for judgment. So Jesus shows up. All of heaven is expecting judgment on the earth. Correct? Because all of prophecies has been there that finally he will show up. God will show up. God will show up and judge the earth. And he comes and leaves behind and he says... This is the cup bread that is broken for you. And this is the cup of blessing. He leaves a blessing. What does that show of the father and of the son? Gracious and merciful. And the angels say, and First Peter talks about it so beautifully. He says, angels, angels, seek to know what kind of salvation is this? What kind of grace is this? 
doesn't make any sense to me. See, angels and principalities and powers and even Satan does not understand mercy. They don't, they understand justice. They don't understand mercy. They're like, how, how, how is this possible? You're supposed to kill them, God. Kill them. How come you're leaving them a blessing? That's where God is. The God of mercy. Let's now quickly go. Leave a blessing. And then look at verse 13. Verse 15. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Now the trumpet is blown in Zion. First the trumpet is blown in Zion. And sound an alarm on my holy mountain. But what happened? There is no alarm right now. Because what happened was people asked for mercy. It's consecrated kafas, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the nursing babes, let the bridegroom go out from her chamber and the bride from her dressing room. This is a picture of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first warning when he, he sounded the alarm, you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. When you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord says when he sounds the alarm again, the bridegroom will go out of his chamber and the bride will go out from the dressing room. You know where are we right now? (laughs) What happens in the dressing room? What happens for a bride on the wedding day? What happens on the wedding room, in the dressing room? Yeah, give me more details, man. Huh? He puts on dress, okay, your clothes. What else? Ornaments. You are adorned with gifts. There's something ring about a wedding in the in Genesis, which talks about while a bride was on the way to meet his bridegroom, what was happening to the bride? Rebecca. While Isaac was she was getting ready to meet Isaac which is a picture of Jesus. Rebecca, what was the servant, the unknown servant of Abraham doing to Rebecca? Was, huh? Was giving gifts to her. Getting her ready to meet her husband. Which is what the Holy Spirit is now doing in the church. What is the Holy Spirit doing right now in the dressing room to you? He's giving us gifts. He's adorning us. So right now, we, the, when the second alarm goes, sound the alarm, the bridegroom will come out from the chamber and the bride will leave not the chamber. The bride will leave the dressing room. Guess, why don't you say, I am in the dressing room of the Lord. He brought me into his banqueting house and his banner over me is love. <laughs> Where are you right now? We are just being dressed or deck adorned with gifts. What are the gifts? The gifts of the spirit, wisdom, counsel, wealth, riches, everything. He wants a bride that is adorned. And who gives this to you? An unknown servant. Always an unknown servant in the Bible is always the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, do you know the name of Abraham's servant? How many of you all know the name of Abraham's servant? Huh? No, he did not have it. That's because he, the Bible doesn't put the name of the elder servant. Because it is intentional. Because the Holy Spirit never draws attention to himself. 
Everything about the Bible is about Jesus. Everything. You sneeze in the Bible, it's like, where is Jesus in this? You know? I mean, it's almost like that because it's, he's, it's, he's, he's breathing through every verse and every, this is like, for example, here, let a bridegroom go out of it. Let, okay. But then, things suddenly change in Joel chapter 2. And he says, the Lord will be zealous for his people. He's pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil and you'll be satisfied by them. I will, buy, I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. I will remove far from you the northern army. There you go. That army that was supposed to come. I will drive him away into a barren and desolate land with his face towards the eastern sea and his back towards the western sea. His stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. Fear not, O Lord. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice for the Lord has done marvelous deeds. Things. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up, and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad, then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for He has given you the former rain faithfully. Say faithfully. And the, the latter rain in the first. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat and the vats will overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust had eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust, and my great army which I send among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has done wondrous with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. And you shall know that I am in your midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other my people shall never be put to shame oh my goodness what happened God I mean you started off by destroying a third of mankind you're like destroying everything what happened why are you leaving a blessing because I am a God who's full of mercy and compassion and willing to relent if only you ask is this a God that we serve? This is the God. And you think that this is it, right? No. <laughs> and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on, my, on your men, men servants and my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. Hallelujah. And then look at it. He comes back to the the terror that is coming one day, the day of the Lord. He says, and I will show wonders in heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. So this is so beautiful. The Holy Spirit, I never understood this except in context when the, the, the Lord was leading me this week. What he said was, Anil, you have read this many times and you always look at it as impending judgment is coming upon you and you look at it as bad news think about it I am warning you even at the 11th hour I not only warned you before I am telling you when the earth will is very, very close to the day of the Lord God will still warn you Why? see what happens when the sun becomes dark and the uh, moon I will show wonders in heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and pillows of smoke. He says, before worse things happen, I will still show you warning signs. Why? Why? Why is he doing this? Why? 
Why? Why is he showing warning signs? Because he's still gracious. Because he's, what is he wanting to do? Come on. Or what he wants to do? He wants to relent. He wants to relent from doing harm. But the, what is, for, for that to happen, what does he have to do? Look at the next verse. And it shall come to pass. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will shall be deliverance. As the Lord said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. <laughs> so God says, so here is a remnant that remains after the bride has left the dressing chamber. After the rapture, there is still going to be a remnant. And God says, I will give them also a warning. Because I am, I still don't want to judge them. We are, we are like, Lord, you raptured us, kill them all, kill them all. You know, see how, how our mindset is. Our mindset is, Lord, they have been evil against us. They have been, they have, they are passing laws that are against you. They are blaspheming your name. They take your name. The, the politicians are crooked. Everything is against you, which is what we are seeing right now, right? Kill them all, Lord, kill them all. <laughs> Take us out from here and kill them all. God says, I'll take you out, but yet I will have mercy on the remnant. Because among the remnant who will call on my name, by looking at these signs, I will still save them. Oh my goodness, a God of mercy? He's not like, I just want to get after these people who killed my son. No. He's looking at a God who's saying, I am flashing signs today. He's like, Dallas, 30 miles. Dallas, 10 miles. Dallas, 1 mile. Get out of Dallas. <laughs> That's what he's doing. It's like, but, but the angels are like, Lord, you've been telling them all this time. Why are you wasting time? Kill them all. <laughs> In fact, the angels did say that to Jesus. Jesus talked about a parable where the son of man sowed good grain. And the sons of the enemy came and sowed tares. The angels came and said, God, shall we just take them all out? They are ready. In fact, Jesus said to, uh, to Pilate, do you think I cannot call? How many legion? One legion? It's almost 7,000 angels. I think more than that. A legion? 12,000, yeah, 12,000 angels can show up right now if I wanted to deliver me from you. Do you think I cannot do that? 12,000 angels. My goodness, one angel destroyed almost a third of the earth in Revelation. Just one angel. I mean, he doesn't need much. And the angels are like, God, just tell us. We'll take care of this problem, right? We can take care of this. You know? <laughs> God, God said, no, no, long-suffering. He's going to give you signs. He's going to give signs because he's a God. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants you to know about this Father God who is long-suffering and great in mercy. When he's coming to judge, he's coming to relent. Did you know that? I want you to quickly go through this. I want you to get this. I want you to read Psalms chapter 145. And I want you to underline in your, in your Bible. Psalms 145 verse 8. Psalms 145. Psalms 145 verse 8. Psalms 145. 
verse 8. And can we all read together in the New King James Version? The Lord is gracious. So why don't you repeat after me? The Lord is gracious, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, full of compassion slow, to anger, slow to anger and great in mercy. Great in mercy. The, Lord the Lord is good to all and His tender mercies as are over all his works. Okay, let's repeat that again. The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. Did you see that word again, great in mercy? In the previous verse, he was great in kindness. What is he full of? No, no, no. Here. Say, what is he full of? He is full of compassion. He is full of compassion. Got it? Okay. Let's look at this. Uh, the first time judgment came on the earth. In, on the earth. Which was the first judgment that came on the earth? Actually even when God was cursing. Was cursing the earth. In Genesis. He brought a blessing there. He said your seed shall. Crush you. Correct? Again there he left a blessing in a judgment. Then when the flood came. In the flood came, after the flood happened, Genesis chapter 8 verse 20. It says, Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Wow. The Lord smelled a soothing aroma. And then he said, and Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. And then when he said, while earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer shall never cease. That means he's blessing the earth just when he had to destroy the earth. What happened? What he came for judgment and he ended up exactly as Joel said, who knows? He will relent and leave a blessing. That's what he did. He always relents and leaves a blessing. You got it? Okay. Let's see this. Let's see this principle on in mercy judgment. All right. You want to see that principle? You want to see it established? Look at what this thing. Genesis chapter thirty-two. So Jacob, you know the story of Jacob, and I will go go into the details. So Jacob meets uh, Laban, runs away from Laban. I agree. Uh, Jacob spent twenty years serving Laban. Now he he runs with all his wealth. And all the flock of Laban and all his wife and children and flees Laban. Laban overtakes him with his servants. Now, Jacob is afraid that Laban is going to kill him, right? Because he's angry. But God shows up in a dream to Laban and then finally, but you know, in in that story, what happens was Rachel steals some of the idols of Laban and takes it. Jacob doesn't know about this. So Jacob says, Laban says, I agree. I mean, you, you never even allowed me to see my children, say goodbyes to them, but everything is fine. But why did you have to take my gods? I mean, they're like more concerned about them. <laughs> the gods cannot take care of them. We need to take care of them, you know. So that's a problem with gods. Gods who cannot be taken, need to be taken care is a problem, right? Okay. But that's not the issue. He said, why have you taken my gods? So Jacob doesn't know that uh, Rebekah has done this. He said, if anyone has done that, let him not live. Right? So then Laban goes and searches in every tent and finally shows up in the tent of Rachel. Rachel is sitting 
on the saddle of a camel with the idols below that. I mean, these things can only happen in the Bible. <laughs> this is like better than any soap opera that you can see. And so when Laban comes, that's her father. He says, my father, let it not be incurious to you to know that I am sitting down. It is that time of the month. <laughs> I mean, the Bible just puts it out there, you know. So she uses her womb as an excuse to hide her God, false God. You know, you know where it went, right, finally? Finally, she died in childbirth. You see? I mean, that is, that is sad. But look at it. But look at it. That was just the thing because she tried to use that to save. Because that God cannot save you. That God cannot save you. So, so after this, so Laban doesn't find this idol. So he goes back and now Jacob is like, see, I told you, I'm righteous. I did everything. I earned this. I, I did all my wages. All this is I want. Laban says, no, you didn't know that. All these are mine. See, but why is God blessing Jacob? Because he worked hard? Because he is depending on the mercy of God. See, he calls himself the God. He believed in the fear of Isaac. If you look at Jacob's life, he talks about the fear of Isaac. He saw something about Isaac being blessed by God, which was apart from his works. He saw that. He wanted that. No wonder he was wanting the blessing of Isaac. Remember? He wanted that unmerited favor, the mercy, the blessing that comes without works. Say, without works. That means Esau worked for it, I receive it. He wanted that blessing, the blessing that comes without works. So finally, they put an altar and an altar, uh, uh, altar and a pillar, and they have a covenant with Laban. He said, God is our witness. And Jacob says, God is my witness. I will not do any harm to you. You shall not do any harm to me. And it will be a witness that we play fair. Now, let me ask you a question. As he walks away from that pillar and altar, is he righteous in his works? Jacob? In his works? No. But he is righteous by? Faith. Correct? Correct? But he is not righteous by works because he is now, what is in his camp? A false idol. Here this guy doesn't know he's walking out with false idols. Now, but he just called upon God of Israel to be a witness against him. So who shows up one night in his tent? This is powerful. I want you to go and see this. Genesis chapter 32. You have read that story. I want you to get this picture of that story of a man wrestling with Jacob. That man is not playing games when he showed up there. He's coming for what? He's coming for judgment. He's coming for judgment. Just like Joel said, he's coming because what? Now you're going to catch up. All your deeds are going to catch up today because I myself am going to show up. Who shows up? A man shows up. Correct? A righteous man who cannot, who's perfectly righteous. Jacob cannot deceive this righteous man. He deceived Laban. He deceived Isaac. He deceived Esau. Can he deceive Jesus? Jesus cannot be deceived. He's perfect in his righteousness. Correct? So he shows up. But he's showing up for judgment. He's showing up for judgment. He's showing up for judgment, brothers and sisters. He's not showing up for sumo wrestling. 
No, he's showing up for judge. No, if I just push you out from the ring, you get two points. And if I push me out from my ring, I get two points. No, if I push you, I kill you. He's coming for death because Jacob has just called upon God of Israel as a witness between him and Laban. He called him. So he said, okay, I'm going to show up. I just show up. So now, knowing that God is a God who wants to relent from judgment, what do you think this man is supposed to do? Knowing his pattern, what will he end up doing? Giving a blessing. He will wait for an occasion for what to happen from Jacob. See, this is the key. If you got this, you got how to receive from a full God. He has to ask. He cannot say, I deserve this. I worked for it. It's my strength. He cannot say that. As long as you keep saying that, you will do what? You will struggle with him. See, Jesus could have killed him day one. R1. Done. Right? But why is he wrestling all night with him? Because he's waiting for Jacob to? Or give up. Say give up. The biggest problem with man is man doesn't want to give up. Man doesn't want to give up. All of the gospel is about Jesus trying to get the Pharisees and the Jews to? Give up and ask as a gift. Ask for mercy as a gift. Joel 2 says, you are going to get judgment. You are going to get destroyed. Why don't you just ask for my mercy? You see the concept? If you want to receive from me, don't come to me saying that you deserve this. Because I gave to the poor. I gave to the, uh, the churches. I burnt five candles. I gave to this. I did that. Don't do that. You are going to wrestle all night. And the sun is coming up. (laughs) What happens when the sun comes up? The Holy Spirit just told me. When sun comes up. Fire and brimstone is going to fall. You know when Sodom was destroyed? When the sun came up. What was the angels? No God. This is so powerful. So it is not written. And actually preachers have taken that passage. And talked about it. About everything. About it's, it's really about Jacob struggling in his strength. Now, where is a biblical reference for that? I want to hear it from the Bible about what happened that night, right? Let's go to Hosea chapter 12. I want you everyone to go to Hosea. This will show you how to receive from a full God the blessing that you want. Amen? Now, remember, this God is coming to judge you. But he ends up leaving a blessing. How does he do that? Hosea chapter 12. Hosea chapter 12, verse 2. Hosea chapter 12, verse 2. Now God, now this is, this is the judgment that happened. Did you know that this was in the Bible? This is what happened in that tent. The Lord brings a charge against Judah. Now God is getting, make, when, before you judge, God has to do what? He has to charge you. Just like in the law. Before you can be put into prison, you need to be charged. So God starts the process. 
God brings a charge against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. Now he's getting ready for punishment. According to his deeds, he will recompense him. Is this good or bad? Guys, is this good or bad? At this point of time, it is bad, correct? Let's keep reading. He took his brother by the heel in the womb. In his strength, he struggled with God. In this, what? In his strength, he struggled with God. So what did the angel do close to the morning? He touched the hip of his socket. What happened when you touch the hip of his socket? Out of place and he cannot struggle. Why? Because, not because he didn't want to struggle. What was the reason he stopped struggling? He has no strength. In his strength, he struggled with God. But when the socket was out of his place, he could not depend on his legs to struggle. What happened then? Suddenly things changed. The angel asked him, what is your name? What happened? Look at, keep reading. It's not written in Genesis, but the Holy Spirit reveals it here. In his strength, he struggled with God. Yes, yes, he struggled with the angel, which is the man, the Lord Jesus, and prevailed. He wept. When did he prevail? Look at it. When it happened? He wept and sought favor from him. Something happened when the angel touched his socket. When he knew he could not struggle with God, what did he do? He wept and sought favor. What is favor? Mercy. Oh my goodness. That is not there in Genesis. He wept and sought favor from this man who was wrestling. He said, Lord, have mercy on me. The Lord says, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Means I'm a deceiver. God says, do you believe I can justify the ungodly? Which is what the same faith that Abraham had. Abraham was no big dude who was righteous. He was like messed up too. But he believed that God justifies the ungodly. Romans chapter 3 and 4. He says, God justifies the ungodly. He said, God, do you believe that I can bless you even though your name is Jacob? Yes, Lord. He came to a place where he's depending on God's mercy to bless him, not his strength to keep him. When that happened, what happened? Suddenly, he found, he found him in Bethel. <laughs> God, God, Jacob finds the God who shows up for judgment. Now that God who shows up for judgment becomes his God. Who does this? I mean, <laughs> how do you go? To, I mean, it's like, if, if God the Father was in my police department, he would have lost his job the first day. <laughs> you don't go and not put, I mean, any district attorney will tell you. They get their credits and their promotion by how many crooks they put in jail, not how many crooks they justify. Right? That's the God that you serve, a God who relents and full of mercy. And says, and so look at this. He found him in Bethel and there he spoke to us. This is the Lord God of hosts. The Lord, this is Jesus. Whenever the word Yahweh is there in the Old Covenant, it is Jesus. Yahweh is the name, Old Covenant name for Jesus in the New Covenant. That name was not revealed in the old covenant. So by you, so you, by the help of your God, return. Now Joel says, Joel says return. Now you know how to return. 
return by calling upon that name observe mercy and justice and wait on your god continually i'm saying is believers don't get up don't get so frustrated when it appears as if god is against you that's a trick <laughs> when god shows up in your tent and you think he's against you quickly 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 do what don't argue with him what ask ask for favor ask for favor like like don't waste your time like job when he wasted so many chapters struggling with god finally god shows up because what's happening daybreak is coming it's getting a little too late the guy is how much rope is he taking you know he's arguing with me i'm righteous i'm righteous i bless the people i took care of the widow my i made a covenant with my eyes i shall not see evil yes lord i mean god says job i know you guys okay i know you but he cannot do anything until who shows up jesus because only one man is righteous on the earth so god cannot say i am righteous god can god, god job will say but you are god God says, "Let me send you a man." So Jesus shows up to Jesus, Job. See, remember, at, in all the Old Testament, when God shows up, who's showing up? Jesus. Jesus is showing up. He is the visible image of the invisible God. Okay, now this is—you need to get this in your spirit. God the Father is invisible. Say invisible. invisible. That's a characteristic of God. If I say Lily is female, right? I have no doubts about it. Sure, she's female. She's that's what she is. No, but she can only bless me if she's a male. I don't know. It's like that doesn't make any sense. She is who she is. When God says God is invisible, that is His nature. He cannot be seen. You guys have to just live with it. No, I I can only believe after I see Him. That doesn't make Him a God. He's a God who is invisible. That's His virtue. That's His nature. So then you have a problem. I want to see God for you to. So God said, "What? I will send you a man that you can actually handle, see, and feel." And that man was Jesus. Jesus. And he said, "Okay, test him, try him." And Job struggled with this God, and finally, God, Job says, "I shut my mouth." You remember what he said? He said, "When God shows up and says, 'Were you there when I created this? Were you there when this happens? Were you there that this is?'" And then finally, Job says. I just shut my mouth, Lord. I abhor myself. See, he is doing what Jacob. Jacob is doing in the tent, for finally saying, "Lord, I give it to me as a gift." Say, "Give it to me as a gift." I don't deserve it. Give it to me. Suddenly, God leaves a blessing, and suddenly, what happened to the latter half of Job was greater than the previous. and here is a god who is showing up for judgment with job and ends up living a do you see this pattern it's almost very predictable god shows up for judgment leaves a blessing god shows up for judgment leaves a blessing okay let's go quickly jonah now the word of the lord came to jonah second time arise go to nineveh that great city and preach to it the message that i tell you Jonah chapter three, and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day walk, and he cried out and said, "Yet forty days, and Nineveh will be overthrown." So the people of Nineveh believed God, 
proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the least, from the greatest to the least of them. And this is what the king said. Who can tell if God will turn and you hear that word again? Who can tell that God will turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger? When God saw that their works, that they turned from the evil way, God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. You see that picture? God shows up to Nineveh. He sends a prophet Jonah. He's telling Nineveh, 40 days and you will be destroyed. If God wants to destroy Nineveh in 40 days, why does he have to tell them? (laughs) Which is easy, which is easy to die suddenly or to tell that you will die in 40 days? Hey, if you're going to kill me, just do it quick. Right? I mean, in fact, the Supreme Court also says cruel and unusual punishment is punishment that that's prolonged. In fact, when they give you in in United States, when they give you a lethal injection, and if you struggle to die, they have to call off the execution and the guy is never executed again. Because even man... A evil man knows it is not fair to give a prognosis of evil to a human being. Kill him. (laughs) Don't give a prognosis when he knows that something, an evil report is coming. You don't do that. You will slowly kill him. So why is God telling Nineveh 40 days and he decide? Here is Jonah. He has no clue. In fact, he does have no. He knows this God. In fact, Jonah knows this God. You know why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh? Come on. God has a reputation. God has a reputation of showing mercy. Do you know the prophets of old knew God has a reputation of relenting from evil. God says, you know what? I know God. This is a game. I've seen this played over and over again. You're going to send me for judgment. And at the end, and this is my arch enemy. And I'm going to, I love to see Nineveh destroyed. Right? Nineveh is like the, the main army enemy of Israel. He wants Nineveh to be destroyed. But when the moment he got the word, Nineveh will be destroyed and you have to go and tell them, God's Jonah, I know this. I know this, God. I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. I know you're merciful. You're loving kindness. You're very gracious. You do not want to kill them. You're giving them a warning. I will not tell them that if you repent, God will relent. He doesn't tell them that. This is so good. Jonah does not even tell the message. I don't know. When we reach heaven, we will ask him. Jonah, what happened to the other parts of the message? (laughs) Why did he not tell them that if you repent, I will relent? Why did he not tell them that I am a Lord of loving kindness? Why did he not tell them? He doesn't. I don't know whether God told him to say, but he said 40 days and you will be destroyed. So they show up and they just said, perhaps, look at the words he says. Who can tell? Do you hear that? Who can tell? In Joel said that, who can tell if God will relent? Who can tell if God will relent and turn away from his fierce anger? They just out of, oh my goodness, I don't know what to say. They just thought, maybe let's give it a shot. Let's just turn. God said, yes, I relent. 
And Jonah said, see, I told you, I told you, I told you. What about my reputation now as a prophet? <laughs> so I will be known in all the land. There go, ha, 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 40 days, dinner, ha, ha, ha. And I'm, I'm a false prophet. And then God had to give him a lesson. Oh, this is very powerful. And the Holy Spirit once told me about this. In all of Jonah's book, only one thing died. Huh? The plant died. You know why the plant had to die that day? See, we always think God is merciful and loving kindness and everything is hunky-dory. But somebody has to pay the price. Somebody has to drink this cup. Somebody has to drink this cup that has been filled up to the brim. Somebody has to die. If the plant had not died in Jonah's book, who would have died? Nineveh would have been destroyed and Jonah would be destroyed because Jonah was in disobedience. Isn't it? Jonah was in disobedience. God said, go to Noah, this guy goes to Tarshish. Tarshish. He goes to Tarshish. It's like 101, commandment 101. Thou shalt love your Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You don't do this. You don't do this. So God is postponing judgment for Nineveh. He's also postponing judgment for Jonah. Jonah doesn't recognize that. He's also at the same mercy line that Nineveh is. So he shows up at Nineveh's footsteps, builds a tent facing Nineveh, watching Nineveh destroy, right? He doesn't know that he's going to be killed also. What happens was a, a shoot grows up and he makes a, a tent, a shelter. The Bible says a tent to, uh, to uh, shade him from the sun. It's hot in Nineveh. Nineveh is modern day. You know, in fact, the the... The, the name Nineveh is still there in Iraq. In fact, the uh, U.S. troops had actually uh, uh, liberated Nineveh from the ISIS. So they were there. Nineveh is still there. So same place, very hot place, very hot place. So he makes a shelter and he waits and from the heat of the day. Now he makes a shelter to protect himself from judgment. Correct? Correct? Nineveh is exposed to judgment. So he thinks his, his shelter will keep him from judgment. And guess what? It becomes so hot. A, sh- a plant grows up, covers him for a day, and then dies. And then he's very mad at the plant. Not mad at the fact that Nineveh is uh, spared. He's mad that the plant is dead. But God says, Do you, did you not have supposed to have mercy on these people? Again. Because the plant was protecting him from the shade. My question is, why does he need a plant if he has a shelter? Because you always think that your shelter can keep you from judgment. Your good works will keep you from judgment. But when the heat of the day comes up, your shelter is of no use. Your righteousness is of no use. When the heat, when the sun rises up, your shelter is of no use. You need the plant. And thank God the plant died so that Nineveh was spared and Jonah was spared. Okay. Now I want you to quickly go to 
And finally, there's a lot of verses, but we don't have too much time. But let's go straight to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 1. So, so Jesus stands in the Old Testament and says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk. Without money, without price. Say, without money, without price. Without price. Isaiah, Isaiah 45 verse 13. I have raised him up in righteousness. I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city. And let my exiles go free, not for price nor reward, says the Lord of hosts. Say, not for price, not for reward. The way you receive from Jesus. Now, this is Isaiah 45. He says, God says, I have raised up Jesus in righteousness. He shall build my city and let my exiles go free, not for price, not for reward. Say, not for price, not for reward. He will not let... Jesus is available to you. His supply is available to you. But it is not for price, not for reward. You got it? Not for price, not for reward. So the only way you can receive from Jesus is how? Correct. Ask. Okay, let's go to read... Uh, uh, Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 to 10. Bobby, can you read that? Matthew chapter 7 verses 7 to 10. Okay, so Matthew chapter 7 verse 11 says, If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who? Okay, I think we got the message. (laughs) If you want good things from Father, what do you have to do? Ask. Don't try to? So, okay, let's go read this again. Isaiah chapter 45 Verse 13. I want you to underline that. That's a key to receive from a full God. I have raised him up. Now Father God is talking about Jesus. I have raised him up in righteousness. I will direct all his ways. That means I will direct all of Jesus' ways. So when Jesus was on the earth, the Father God decided, now listen to this me. Look at me. Look at me. At the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda. How many lame and crippled people were there? 
a large majority, correct? Yet, Father God in heaven only sent Jesus to one guy, correct? Correct? Why? He didn't ask him that. See, that's the key for a good student. Just because the first answer is ask, you don't answer. Ask. <laughs> no, you did not. This is beautiful. This exactly matches. So the Isaiah 45 verse 13 says, I have raised him up in righteousness. Father God has raised Jesus up in righteousness. I will direct his face. That means Father God will decide who to be healed and who to be not healed. Correct? So in that day, Father God, remember it is not Jesus making his decisions. You need to get this. When you are reading the gospel, it is not Jesus deciding, I will heal him, I will not heal him, I will go to Samaria, three days later I will... No, 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 this is Father God directing his ways. Why is the Father God directing Jesus' ways? What is he out to show himself to the people as? Come on. Full of grace and full of compassion. So you remember when Jesus shows up and shows compassion, people are like, but Father God is very tough. Jesus says, guys, don't you all get it? I don't do anything of myself. Means what? He's trying to say what? If you think I'm compassionate, it's because my father is compassionate. You need to change your mindset on who this Father God is. I'm telling you the biggest problem with believers is they don't know Father. They just don't know the Father. They know Him to the extent that God sent His Son Jesus and loves us. But beyond that, every time you make a mistake, you are expecting judgment. That's not your Father. I think you are... (laughs) You have a Father problem in your life. You, you are attributing some other father to this father. That's not your father. I mean, Jonah knows that father. And Jesus says, my goodness. So Philip, Philip shows at the, final, at the end of his ministry, Jesus, finally Philip shows up and says this finally. Jesus, you're about to go, you blah, blah, blah. But it is sufficient if you just show us the father. <laughs> Jesus says, Philip, how long have you been with me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Means he's what aspect? What aspect? In his judgment or in his mercy? In his mercy. See, they were so cool and comfortable with Jesus. They could get along. They could bring fire down on Samaria. You know, because like, they, they were like, they think that they're righteous and they're whiter than white bread, you know? Like, they, they, they thought that, because they, they knew that Jesus doesn't judge. They knew that. Like, every time the Pharisees tried to judge the disciples, he's like, the Pharisees would come and complain to Jesus, your disciples do not wash hands. And Jesus would immediately turn against them and says, what goes in is not what defiles a man, but what comes out. So the disciples are like, cool. We don't know the theology behind it. We didn't wash hands because it is convenient. (laughs) But Jesus stood up for them every time. And Jesus was also supportive. Jesus is like, man, this this son of God is cool, dude. (laughs) He is cool to hang around with. But father, we have no clue. I think he is mad. He is the God of Sinai. 
He is fire and brimstone. And Jesus was like constantly telling them, no, 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 no. What I am is what the Father is. My Father directs me. So come back to the question. I don't think you've, I've forgotten that, right? Why did Father God send Jesus only to this one guy lying on a bed in the pool of Siddha, not to the rest of the guys? Because this guy, come on, gave up. See, because remember, he was also struggling. Remember, yes, for a long time, he said the only way to get healed is by him getting there first. So he struggled because now he's depending on what to be healed? His strength. How many hours did Jacob struggle in the tent for a long time? Until what happened? Until he Come on. He gave up. He gave. I want you to remember this. Give up. (laughs) I know nobody preaches this in this world, right? I'm telling you. If you want to receive from a full God, JR, give up. You got it. You got it. Give up. So what this guy was, look at his words. His words were saying, for all these years, every time I tried to come, Another comes before me. And he uttered the magic words. You know what the magic words was? I have no man to put me in. Hallelujah. Because now he's saying, I need a man. And the man shows up. And the father in heaven says, among all the guys at the pool, only once, in fact, this was in his house that I preached this message. Give up. That is powerful. Among all the guys in the pool, everyone is there. Is No one is saying that a man is needed to put me in. So we always took that verse as if he has doubt. No, 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 no. That statement of confession is a confession of weakness that God the Father is looking to release strength. So how do you get, receive strength and favor from a full God? You give up and humble yourself and ask it. Ask it. I have no man. The moment you utter the words, I have no man, who shows up? The man shows up. Did the man show up in the tent of Jacob? Yes. It's a man, not an angel. In fact, the Bible, it's written in capital, man. In your Bible? M-A-N is written in capital because it was not an angel. It was a man that shows up. A man shows up. You want to receive from a full God? The only way you can receive from this God, the Father, all mercy. I mean, you see how quickly he shifted from judgment to crazy blessing in Joel chapter 2? If you look at the, the transition, it was just one verse. Return. That's it. Return by asking. God says, return. Ask, my, ask, ask. Just ask. Don't try to deserve it. Because I have said in Isaiah 45. Did you all underline that verse in Isaiah 45? Did you all underline that verse, Isaiah 45? I will tell you, this is the reason that believers do not receive from a full God. Even though they have a covenant. Because God said about 
Father God has told about Jesus and he's written it forever. He says, I will direct his ways. That means I will tell him who to bless and who not to bless. Correct? Are you all ready for the secret sauce? This is what he says. I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city. That means you are the church. This is the church. The church is the Zion. This church he has built. And let my exiles go free. You were an exile. You were captive for a long time of Satan. And you were set free. Correct? Not for price or reward. This is the key. If you come to God the Father and say, I will pay the price for it, you will not receive it. How, how, I will explain that further. If you say to God, God, if you, if you, if I work hard for you, if I, you told me to go into the mission field and I'm going into the mission field, I'm going to suffer for you, Lord. But you take care of my children. But I'm going to suffer for you. God says, no, your children are going to, you're going to, your children are going to die. But you, just for everything, you cannot trade. You got it. Guys, guys, you need to get this. It's, you cannot barter with this God. My house is not a house of You have made it a den of thieves. Means you made it a, a place of barter system. My house is a house of? No, no. My ha- Come on. What does Jesus say? My house is a house of? Prayer. Means you can only receive in my house by? Asking. Okay, let's now translate this in contemporary language. My house is a house of asking. You cannot, you have made it a place of? exchange now you understand it my house is a house of asking but you have made it a place of exchange now you understand it now it takes it out from that setting of the temple and dows and money changes and brings it to you because that's what God meant when he said my house is a place of asking you receive by asking you don't receive by exchange lot of the Christians want to get stuff from God by exchange. God has decreed about his son. I will direct his ways. He will not give this salvation. Means everything. Health, healing, prosperity, victory. He shall not give this for for reward or price. Guys, do you know what you are hearing today by the Holy Spirit? You are hearing the essence on how to receive from a full God. The antithesis of this is, this is how you will not receive from a full God. If you come to God with price or reward, you will not receive from God. God has decreed about Jesus. You have to get this. If you get this idea, you get this mindset, doors will fly open for you in your life. Because you will say, you know what, in this area, I was trying to pay a price. I would not receive. In this area, I am trying to get it at a reward because of my obedience. I will not receive it here too. But why, Anil? I thought that if you live a godly life, you should get all the blessings. No. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness not your righteousness and all these things shall be added to you see you have to receive 
the obedience for his righteousness. You cannot receive the obedience for your righteousness. So in your mindset, you should be blessed because you have had your quiet time for the last one week. Beep. No, you're not going to get it. I'm sorry. I'm going to get this because I'm going to fast and pray for... No, pray, that's that's a good word. That's a good word. But if anything apart from that is added to it, you're not going to get it. Because now you're going to receive it as a reward. God says, you cannot receive it. Jotunai, do you get it? You cannot receive it as a reward. No, but I have been a believer for 30 years. Who cares you have been a believer for 30 years? What are you trying to say? You should get it as a reward? You cannot get it as a reward. Why do you think new believers get stuff easier than mature believers? Have you seen that in ministry? Do you see that, Lily, in ministry? Young children, when they pray, they get stuff easily. Why? Because they don't have anything to boast about. Because they don't ask based on reward. But when David prays, <laughs> sorry, I didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why Jesus said, come to me as little children. <laughs> you can receive this kingdom as little children. That means, little, how do little children get stuff? They get little children by asking. They don't come and say, you know how long I've been your child? Huh? <laughs> If somebody, if my son goes, shows up to me and says that words, he will be in a doghouse soon. <laughs> he doesn't receive. He doesn't. Middle says, no, he doesn't. He can say any foolish thing, he'll not be in a doghouse. He, that's because mm, he knows a good father. Okay. Okay. But, but you, know, you got it? Not for price, not for reward. You got it? So you will not get this from a full God. Not for price, not for reward. You have to get this in your system. In areas in your life that you are waiting to receive, you are trying to get it by an exchange. I'm saying is you have to see him generous and full of mercy. Now let's go to this very, very important verse. Say important verse. Very important verse. This is like a red line verse on how to receive from God. I I thought we are saying all that, but this, nothing beats this verse. Let's read this. John chapter 1, verses 14. Everybody got that? John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of grace and truth. We just read in Psalms 145. What is he full of? Compassion. What is he saying here? Full of grace. Which is again chesed. Compassion. That word, that there is no equivalent word of the Hebrew chesed in the Greek. It means loving kindness, compassion, mercy, favor, undeserved favor. They are all translated as chesed in the old covenant. In the Old Testament. He's full of hasad And full of truth. Truth means he makes you righteous. Righteously. So to, uh, to Jacob he gives truth. To Abraham he gives mercy. Why does God give. Abraham mercy and Jacob truth. What did Jacob need? Truth. 
Because his name was mean Jacob means deceiver. But God was calling him righteous. But God is calling him a deceiver righteous. But he's doing it righteously. How? No, but how is he doing it? How is God calling Jacob Israel? Correct? Correct. I know how he received it. I got that. But my question is, how is God justly calling a liar a prince? He imputed it. But how? What? How is he doing it? He, I know he changed his name. Duh. <laughs> That's what he just wrote. He's calling a liar, a guy a liar. He calls him a prince. But on what basis is he doing it? Not why is he doing it. On what basis? Is he not a just God? No, because someone else died. Someone else became a deceiver. Someone else became a surplanter. Someone else drank that cup. So when God gives Jacob truth, means he righteously calls him righteous. When righteously means God righteously poured out his wrath of Joel 2 on Jesus. Means the price was paid. When you, so if I give, if I give something that I owe money on to David, am I doing him a favor? Yeah, but he, oh, I got it. It's like, I, I, nobody sent you the fine print. I owe more than what the thing owes on him. Have you received gifts like that? <laughs> I don't think so. Right? But that's what you you cannot, that's not fair. That is not just. When I give something, when the cost is still not paid, that is not just. When God gives you a blessing, when you're supposed to deserve a judgment, that's not fair. But God does it fairly because he gives that judgment on Jesus. You got it? You got it? Okay, now let's read the next verse. I told you the most important verse. John chapter 1 verse 16. And of his fullness. So what does the verse just say? We saw Jesus. This John say, John is an apostle. He said, we saw this God. This God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw him full of grace and truth. Means of all the things that John can talk about Jesus, he says he was full of compassion. You got it, Jer? He was full of compassion. And then what he says? And of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Means what? So how do you receive from this full God? You only receive of what he has. What does he, what is he full of? Compassion. So he, what you see him full is what you receive of him. So the reason you receive from God and the Father is by seeing him full of compassion. If you see him full, you receive him in supply. And I'll give you three examples of how people of his fullness received it. I want you to quickly go. Remember the Canaanite woman. Okay, let's go to the miracle in Cana. They were, they, remember they ran out of water at Cana, of wine in Cana? So they had a problem there. They did not have wine. The wine ran out. Now you need to get wine, correct? So, you have a 
receiving problem. Correct? So how do you receive new wine? What did Jesus do? He said there were six water pots. What did he tell them to do? To fill them. The moment he fills it, he says, now, use the word now. He says, now, take off that and give it. So look at what happened. He's, he's employing the principle of John chapter 1. When six water pots are full of water, then draw from that full pot and you receive wine for your wedding. Do you get the principle? What is six a picture of? Man. When you see a man that is full, who is that man? Jesus. When you draw from this full man, what will you get? Your need. See, you could not get that need from half-filled six water pots. Who are half-filled six water pots? Correct, Jordan. Who are half-filled six water pots? Jyotsna? Us? We are those half-filled six water pots. We are always lacking, never full. But he says, fill it up. But it is six because it's not God. Six, a perfect man. But he's full of it. And he says, now draw from it. See, and that was a miracle that was before intended. It was not planned. In fact, that is why when Jesus, when Jesus' mother came and told him, they have no wine, Jesus said what? It's not yet my time. Because he's been directed by my father. His father has not authorized that miracle. But yet, even without being authorized by the father, things flowed out from him. How? When, he, when they saw him full, they couldn't but receive. Wow! This is the key. Of his fullness, you will receive. Even when it is not authorized. I'll give you first unauthorized miracle. This was the first unauthorized miracle because the father didn't authorize it. Didn't authorize it. Because Jesus said, woman, this is not my time. He's, by the way, the word woman is not, he's not being rude. There is no, in the Greek, there is no different word for woman, wife. It's the same word. Okay? So he's saying, woman, it's not, it's not my time. Because it's not authorized. It's not directed. But yet, they received because they saw him full. Of his fullness, they received favor upon favor. They saw him full. Okay, now look at the second unauthorized miracle. A, a woman from Canaan, uh, Matthew chapter 15. A woman, uh, Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. What did Jesus do? Jesus, Jesus said, ignored her completely. What is he trying to do here? Why did Jesus ignore that woman? Do you know that thing? Said Jesus, the disciples come and tell Jesus, Jesus, why, do, why don't you just send her away? Jesus said, Jesus, Jesus said, it is not it is not proper to take the children's bread and give it to the puppies. Puppies, not dogs. That's the same word, puppies. 
I'll tell you why they are puppies. They are not dogs outside. Correct? They are not dogs outside. He's saying it's not good to give the children's bread, which is on the table, to the puppies in your house. It's not fair. So he's saying, it's, I'm not authorized. I have not been sent except to the lost house sheep of Israel. See, God the Father has now sent Jesus to whom? To Israel. He says, I'm not authorized for her to receive this miracle. And now she is doing something. She is now, what she's saying? But Lord, she changed the language. She's, initially she was saying, son of David. Son of David means what? She is what? A daughter of Abraham. She's not a daughter of Abraham. She is a Syrophoenician woman. She's a Greek Syrophoenician woman. That means she is, she is pretending to be a, a Jew. She's trying to deserve it. Now, let me ask you a question. From Isaiah chapter 45, which verse is she trying to receive from God? By reward or by price? By reward. She's trying to get this miracle as a daughter of Israel. Correct? But Jesus says, I have not been sent to you because I know that you are not from Israel. Correct? But what did she say? Lord, but even the puppies eat the crumbs from their master's table. So obviously these puppies are in the house, right? If it's from the master's table. Master's table means they are under the master's table. That means these are puppies in the house. But he says, even the crumbs are enough to set heal my woman. What is that telling her about Jesus? Don't give me bread. Don't give me bread. I agree the bread is for the children. So now I am not going to come asking that I am a Jew. Because the Jews can eat the bread from the table. Right? So, so now I am going to stop saying I deserve it. I don't want it like a reward. Okay. But I still need to receive from this God. How can I receive? She did. She kept on asking. But she was not receiving. Because she was coming as a reward. Correct? So she dropped the son of David and just said, Lord, but even the puppies eat from the master's table. The crumbs. So what is he making Jesus out to be now? Master. Master. What else? Lord. Lord. What else? What if I tell you that crumbs are enough to heal me? Means how full is God? So he's now she's made Jesus how much full of healing? That means don't give me bread. Just give me the crumbs from your healing robe. I will receive that. Means he is now she is now receiving from what? His fullness or his lack? His fullness. Unauthorized miracle just flowed. The moment she saw Jesus as being so full that forget the bread, his crumbs can heal you. My goodness, Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith. Oh, great is your faith. Faith is seeing Jesus full. Write it down. Faith is seeing Jesus full. Faith is not seeing your water pots empty. The Samaritan woman's well was empty. Her water pots are empty. Her life is empty. But the moment Jesus... Now, let me ask you a question. Was Jesus authorized to heal the Samaritan woman? 
Samaritans are not from the tribe of Israel. Again, Jesus makes a statement. He said, if you knew who is asking you for a drink, you would ask him and he will give you streams of living water. The moment and what the woman said, Lord, give me this water. The moment she said, again, asked, then what? She saw him full. Now let me ask you a question. Does Jesus have water right now when he's saying this thing to the Samaritan woman? Yes or no? He's the one who's asking for water. In fact, she made that statement. She made that observation. You do not even have a pot. How is it that you're asking me for water? I mean, the guy does not have pot. Forget about water. But when Jesus said, I have water that you do not know of, hint, hint. So Jesus is doing, what is he asking? What is he waiting for the Samaritan woman to do? To ask, number one, and see him full of water. The moment she believed, yes. I mean, why would the Why would the Samaritan woman... Now, this is before even Jesus said that you have your husband and gift of wisdom. This is before. Jesus, he... This is faith. The woman asked Jesus from water even before Jesus showed himself up to himself, to her as Christ. Isn't that cool? The guy does not have water. But the Samaritan woman says, I know by what you're saying. There is something to it. Give me this water. The moment she saw Jesus full of water, what did she receive? Streams of living water. And she uttered the magic word. What is the magic word? Huh? Remember the man at the pool of Siloam, uh, Bethsaida, uttered the magic word? I have no man. So what did he say about I have no husband. The moment she said, I have no husband, who became her husband? Oh my goodness, do you see this picture? Every time you say, I have no man, he becomes your man. You say, I have no husband, he becomes your husband. I have no water, he he becomes your water. You see him full, his supply just automatically flows. Jesus cannot help but release living water to this woman. And when the disciples show up, he says, I have food of you that... Jesus, God the Father, relishes. His food is to give you food. When you draw from him, guess what? Do you want to make Jesus happy? Do you want to make the Father God very glad? You know how is the best thing to do it? How is the best thing to do it? How do you delight the Father God? What is the key to delighting Father God? receiving from him drawing from him taking from him all the other fathers is like how many times are you going to ask me the same thing how many times should I buy you that calculator you keep losing this all the time calculators no how many times how many times but no oh you want a calculator again oh my goodness I'm so happy you know that's how the father God is you're coming back to me oh you're coming back to me Oh my goodness, you're showing up to ask again? 
your neighbor shows up to ask one time, it's fine. Two times, three times, no one do no one answers the door. No one, okay? No one. Don't take that phone. Don't take that phone. That relative sends you an email. Oh, I must have gone into junk, you know. My email is going to junk. <laughs> to receive from you but not this father God he's, his food is to give you the supply his food is you asking him and receiving from him let me give you one more example unauthorized miracle unauthorized miracle look at the centurion woman centurion woman uh, Luke chapter 7 Luke chapter 7 Verses 1 to 5. And when he had concluded all these sayings in the hearing of the people, he had entered Capernaum. And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders to the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And they came to him, the Jews. Now look at this. This is so huge. What does Isaiah 45 say? Now this you need to know by this time. What does Isaiah 45 say? God will not give you Jesus and his supply for, for price or reward. Correct? So here are Jews who are coming to Jesus pleading on behalf of the centurion man saying what? And they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly saying that this one for whom he should do was? So how, is he, how are they trying to receive from God Jesus? By reward. Why? Look at what he says. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. How deceitful is Satan's plans to stop you from receiving. He uses the road paved with your good works. That is the road that is broad and many go on it to destruction. It's paved with your good works. Do you hear what I'm saying? You, is, he, is it a good thing that he loves Israel? Is, is it a good thing that he's built a synagogue? But should he receive based on that? How should he receive? By asking and what? No. <laughs> correct. Correct. He is correct. So let's look at it. Let's look at the principles. You have to ask. You have to give up. You have to give up what? Give up, your give up your strength. Give up deserving. Correct? You have to stop deserving. Correct? There's a message on the website called Stop Deserving. If you ever get a chance, you should listen to it. What's it called? Stop Deserving. Stop Deserving. Okay. Very powerful message. See, you have to give up. You have to stop deserving. You have to ask, give up. And what is the third thing? Huh? See him full. Jordan, you got it. Um, you are blessed. You will see so many great miracles. You're blessed. You'll see so many miracles because you're going to see Jesus so full and you will receive Karama Sutanu Karama Lord says there'll be abundant favor that will flow from you towards you from kings in this land. For I will bring you before kings because God's glory is on you because you see me clothed and reigning and you will reign with me says the Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So you saw Jesus full. So you see him full, right? So the centurion, so Jesus is now walking towards the centurion's house. Because 
the Jews have told that he is deserving of a miracle. So Jesus is going. But the healing is not happening. The servant is sick. Because he cannot receive. Because he is trying to receive through deserving. Correct? Things change. Let's now read Luke chapter 7 verse 6. So what's happening is what's happening is the servant is not healed. Jesus has not shown up at the door. So the centurion runs out of the house. Runs out from the house. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was not already not far from the house. That means Jesus was walking a long way. So now he is very close to the centurion's house. So the centurion. News gets to him. That Jesus is coming. On the way. And he can already see Jesus. But his servant is not healed. When he was not already far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying, he, did he send friends before this? No. The Jews went on his behalf, pleading on his behalf, saying that he deserves servants to be healed. Now, he sends servants to him, servants to him. So he did send the Jews, but he didn't tell them what words to use. But look at what he says. He sent friends to him. Friends will tell the real truth. And saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself. For I am not. Okay, which criteria is now got fulfilled? I am not worthy. Means what? I don't deserve. I don't need a reward. I am not worthy. So suddenly he becomes eligible for the miracle. What he says? I am not worthy that you should enter my roof. Okay? Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant shall be healed. Now what is he thinking about Jesus? How? How is he thinking Jesus is full? Leaning. Correct. How is he more full than the previous state? Okay, you know, healing itself is a miracle. If Jesus had physically come into his house and laid his hand on the servant and the servant would be healed, would that be a great miracle? Worthy of praise? Worthy of glory? That's completely miracle? How about Jesus just speaks the word and the servant is healed? Which is more full? Speaking the word. He saw Jesus so full. He doesn't have to come. And Jesus says, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. What is faith? Faith is seeing Jesus full, not you in lack. You have to see. Crumbs can heal. Words, just a word. He doesn't even say. Betsy, you know what? The centurion said, Look at the verse. Then the centurion, look at what I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word. He's like, Don't even waste words, John. Don't even waste words. Don't, I don't need words. Now, this guy moved from crumbs to crumb. 
suddenly Jesus had to say I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel was, the, was her faith more than the Syrophoenician's woman's faith yes or no yes <laughs> that's a key she how much she how many how many crumbs did she need for her healing plural or one plural how many did the centurion need for his servant's healing faith is seeing Jesus full not you empty the more you can see so when the, the disciples when he had 5,000 lacking bread and they had 5 loaves and how many fishes? 2 loaves he multiplied among 5,000 in the second place they had 7,000 people right? 7,000? 4,000 4,000 but they had more bread so Jesus says which needs more faith? less for more or more for less? you need more faith with less for more isn't it? So they show up on the boat. They forget bread. Actually, they have one bread. They just carry one bread. That's another. There's a, there's a session that we will take here in this live team. I promise you, by God willing, called seed time and harvest. Oh my goodness, it's so powerful. God, God has shown so many miracles, so many blessings and revelation from that word. I've shared it with a few, but it's very, very powerful. Seed time and harvest. Even when they thought that they did not have bread in the boat, the gospel says they had one bread. For God gives seed to the sower. You will never at any point in your life never run out of seed. If you are willing to sow it. You will always have seed. You say, but Anila, there is ministry is very tough. I don't have any resources. Do you have seed? You will have seed. If you sow that seed, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Nothing to do with God. This is Noah's first blessing. Judgment blessing. I mean, it's nothing to do with God. I mean, he will, the, see, you sow. I mean, it has to do everything with God because it's his law that follows. What I've been saying is, he doesn't need any active engagement from God to produce. For it's a law on the earth. Seed time and harvest shall not cease. God will give seed to the sower. You don't have enough for your life. God says, you have seed. What do you do with the seed? Sow it. Oh, you don't have enough for this supply? Guess what? You do, your car is all broken down? Guess what? What do you do? Give it off. Give it to somebody who is in need. Why? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but that's how this kingdom of heaven operates. It operates by seed time and harvest. So, so Jesus says, so the disciples are very afraid because now they're like mad. They're thinking that Jesus is making a demand of them. Jesus is like, man, you guys, when y'all are not even good stewards, I just worked hard. I just multiplied five loaves. And you, I collected 12 baskets full. <laughs> he collects 12 baskets full and they forget the 12 baskets. And Jesus is like, so the disciples are like really thinking that Jesus is angry at him. Again, do they know Jesus? How is God? Full of mercy and full of compassion. So he's, the father is thinking, oh my goodness, these guys, they forgot bread. I hope they ask me. Because with five loaves, I multiplied more than when I had with seven loaves. 
Guess what? Now they have only one loaf. My goodness, I hope the boat is ready to take the loaves that are going to multiply. <laughs> you know? So, see how God thinks? Oh, they don't, they don't even have one? They just have one? Oh my goodness, I will get so much credit when I multiply this one bread in their life. Have you seen that? God gets all the glory when he does great works in your life. That's faith. When you see God full of compassion, you, he gets the glory. Did I show you now physical examples of unauthorized miracles in the Bible that came out of a full God? Yes? Am I, is the, my case proven? Of his fullness you have received grace upon grace. Means what? You will never cease from receiving undeserved favor. Betsy, it will not be like, Lord, how many times should I bless you, Betsy? How many times are you going to mess up and I bless you? God says, no, 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 no. no. Grace upon grace. This is a river that you cannot cross. There is so much supply in this river, Jerry. You cannot cross this. You have to keep asking. Don't give up. Keep asking. Keep asking. Now let me give you three examples on how they did not receive from Jesus precisely because of the same problem. I give you three examples of how they received from Jesus. Let's look at what verse. And I have to close with this. But... But for this, okay, let's look, go too quickly. Three incidents. And I'll go quickly. Remember uh, Luke chapter 18. A rich man came. Good teacher, what should I do to inherit, inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? No one is good, but one is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. All these things I have kept from my youth. See? Now he's coming to receive eternal life based on price or reward. Do you think he will receive? Jerry? He's not going to receive. What does he have to do to receive? Come on. Jerry. uh, JR. Give up. Ask and see Jesus full. Okay? So he has to violate each of these rules to walk away empty. Correct? What's the first thing? Did he ask? He did ask. But he asked based on what? He didn't ask without price or without reward. He asked with price or as a reward. I have kept all these things. Now give me eternal life. So what is Jesus trying to get him to? The second one. Give up. Give up up what? Strength. In what? In self. In what? In keeping the law. You have to give up saying, I cannot keep this law. It's too difficult. Right? Because Jesus himself says, no one is good except God. So if you call me good, hint, hint. Are you calling me God? Or are you saying, everyone is God. You are God. He is God. Stone is God. My refrigerator is God. Everything is good. Everybody is okay. You are okay. I am okay. But are you trying to reduce the standard of goodness? Or you are trying to increase the standard of God? Decide. So he's like caught. Okay. So... So Jesus says, but you lack one thing. Means he's, Jesus is like, 
I'm giving you a little bit more rope. You lack one thing. So what should his response be, David? Give up. Give up. I give up. Yeah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I like this one thing. Correct? So Jesus said, give, uh, so Jesus said, you give, uh, you sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Is that a very tough demand? <laughs> you go to a homeless guy with a trolley with goods in it and try to get, take that from him. He will fight you. I got my drugs in it, man. <laughs> I'm going to give that up. I'll give you a house. No. No. You can't get it. You cannot sell everything and give it to the world. No one has ever done it. Who has done it? The Lord Jesus Christ, where he gave up everything and became totally poor on the cross. Only he can do it. So he's trying to say, hint, hint. Give up. Give up trying to meet the standard of the law. So he didn't. What did he do instead? He went, look at verse, uh, Luke chapter 18, verse 23. When he heard this, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. Say very rich. So who is he think? Why did he go away sorrowful? He saw who full? Jesus full or he full? Himself full. He saw himself very full. That is so dangerous. He saw himself so rich. The gospel says the Holy Spirit puts him there because he was very rich. Who was he standing in front of? Guys, who is he standing in front of? He's standing in front of the richest being in the whole universe that has stars. This diameter exceeds the Milky Way that is full of diamonds. He gave all that up and he's standing before him and he's telling him, uh, do you want to join me? He's like Warren Buffett telling him, Anil, I want to take you in, into my family. Oh my goodness, I don't care for this house, this goods. Adopt me, adopt me. I had people when they come into, when they come, I have moors who come. They're like, do you, can you adopt me? <laughs> house is good, man, can you adopt me? You know, that's how, that's how we should be. I strongly urge you, get sold. Get sold. You know what, this is a beautiful thing. This is so beautiful. So there is this kingdom of heaven is like a master that wants to settle accounts. So one owes a master a thousand talents. And when he could not pay him, master commanded that he be sold and the debts be paid. The servant goes on his knees and cries out and says, Lord, have mercy on me. Good, good, right? Good, right? Good, yes or no? He's asking for mercy. I will repay all. Good? No, no, no. Because he is now thinking and presupposing on what? On his ability. He's not given up. He says, given enough time, I will repay. Now God is talking, Jesus is talking in the, uh, in the context of forgiveness. But this is so powerful. He says, uh, 
I will repay all. So the Lord, the master has compassion on him, which is exactly what uh, the God the Father is. It's, he's talking about God the Father here, Jesus, right? So he says, Lord says, release him. Correct? And his debts be forgiven. Let me ask you a question. Very, very important. His debts were forgiven, yes or no? But did the master receive, uh, did the master suffer a loss? Yes. Guys, the, you, it's very easy to forgive debts, but who's going to pay your the guy who was the master. So who suffered here? The master. Under the first arrangement, what did the master say? Sell him. And then, and debts will be repaid. By whom? By whom? By whom? Sell him. Sell him. Who will pay the master his debts? The guy who buys him. Come, this is not very complicated. If you if you get sold, if you get sold, is the master's debts taken care of? So when his when the master commanded that he be sold, was it good or bad? Good. But why did the servant not agree for it? There is your answer. Why did the servant not agree to be sold? How? Why is it not good for him? What was he thinking? Correct. But what if the Holy Spirit is winking at him and saying, I strongly suggest you get sold to the son of the house. I strongly urge you, get sold. Why? Because you are not getting sold to to an adversary. You are getting sold to my son who will pay me back and I am taken care of and the debt is never in my mind. Correct? And then he will set you free. I agree, you will have a pierced ear. You know what that is all about? In Exodus, if a master leaves a slave free, just pierce his ear. That is why when Jesus showed up after resurrection, he said what? See my side and my hands, it's pierced. Means what? I have decided to set you free. But you are, I'm a slave forever. You are my slaves forever, but I'm setting you free. And every time you are born again, you are circumcised in your heart. You are pierced in your heart. Because you are now free officially, but you are under whom? Under the son. Bought at a price. Master's debts have been taken care, but... You are free from the debt. So this guy doesn't want that. So he has mercy. So he goes out. He seems to have mercy for some time. But finally, somebody owes him money. And he catches him and puts him in prison. So somebody complains to the master. And master says, how you wicked evil. See, that means what? I am going to put you back in prison until you pay every last dime. Why? Why was the master able to put him back into prison? Why? Because the debts were never paid. That's what's happening under the old covenant. Debts were never paid. And Jesus says, if you get forgiveness under the old covenant, you also have to forgive. But in the new covenant, that has been removed. Because who forgave you? Justly or unjustly? 
because the sins have been taken care permanently under the old covenant your forgiveness was only valid till you continue to show forgiveness because the sins were not forgiven that is why the lord's prayer is not applicable for a believer because it is before jesus death before jesus death god the father still wanted to show mercy and not charge your sins against you but he has a game plan he says as long as you show mercy you will receive mercy i know my debts are not paid but i'm going to postpone it till my son comes to the earth in the meantime i want to bless you but there is a criteria you can you have to live in forgiveness all throughout your life do you have to live in forgiveness all throughout your life right now sure you do but every time you don't forgive will you get backed smacked and killed no because your jesus says forgive because he forgave you things have changed you love because he loved you everything is now how full he is hallelujah hallelujah so this man walked away because he was very rich he was very full let's go to a second example so jesus comes to nazareth luke chapter 4 and he very was brought up his custom was he went into the synagogue he stood on the synagogue or uh, went into the synagogue on the sabbath day and stood up to read and he was handed the book of the prophet isaiah he said the spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he sent me to heal the broken hearted to proclaim the liberty to the captives and recover your sight right what is he saying the spirit of god is upon me i am so full i am so full he is coming to nazareth his hometown and he is telling i am so full what should you do ask give up and full correct so look at their response verse 4 verse 22 so they all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out from the mouth means what words were those words of compassion so he has compassionate words out of him but what was the response about those words what is the response marvel means what are they thinking this is not possible how can he say this i don't believe this this is not possible so they don't see him they marvel at his gracious words means what they are like really really you can hear wow you are the carpenter's son right i mean the guy next door right really you just showed up and you can heal wow really <laughs> when somebody tells you really they are not telling that they believe you they are telling you ha huh, really <laughs> so so when jesus tells in the bible all these promises you are like ha huh, really this is what you do you will do to me lord huh? i'll get a job soon really sure sure you will get job you don't get any you get no stinking job if you have an attitude that really if you get job you're not going to get any job you're not going to get any prosperity you're not going to get any healing if you think really god you can really heal me sure <laughs> you see how how deceptive this marvelous really they showed up this is what he said and they said 
Is this not Joseph's son? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. They, they just said it, man. They just said it. They, they should not have said this. Is this Joseph's son? My goodness. Are you serious? This is God, the Father, Himself here on the earth. And you're like, this is Jose's son here? <laughs> you are not, this is not full. This is like beyond empty. I mean, forget about water in the pot. There's no water in the pot. What can a carpenter do, man? What can a carpenter do? I mean, this is how deceptive. You cannot receive from a full God if you don't see him full. And Jesus like, Jesus, Jesus like, my goodness, Father, you wouldn't believe. Let me talk to you in the morning time when I have this conversation. You won't believe what happened in Nazareth. Father must be like, I can see it. I can see this. I mean, I know this picture looks really uh, kind of, it, it might seem vulgar, but it is not. Father God in the Old Testament is known as El Shaddai. El Shaddai is known in the Hebrew as a multi-breasted mom. Like a father who has multiple breasts, full of milk. If you don't discharge, what happens? More than that, to the father, what happens? It pays. Why do, when, when, you are, when you are childbearing, why do women keep removing milk from their breast? It pains. When it is so full, it pains. It hurts the father not to give. You got it? He is El Shaddai, the multi-breasted one. Drink from him without price and without reward. And he ends the Bible with the same words. He was thirsty, let him come to me and drink without price. That's how Revelation ends. Did you know the, your Bible ends by against the whole point? He was thirsty, let him come and drink. But drink freely. Don't come saying you deserve. Don't come you say that you will pay the price. Don't come, say freely, say freely. freely. Receive from him. He's so full. He wants to give it to you. He said, is this Joseph's son? My goodness. And now Jesus' response to him is, you will surely say this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. What we have seen done in Capernaum, do also here in this country. So they are putting the onus of the miracles on whom? Now, I want you to hear this very clearly. They are putting the onus for the lack of miracles in Nazareth on whom? On Jesus. They are blaming Jesus for the lack of miracles. They are saying, do in Capernaum, do hear what you did in Capernaum. Because in Capernaum, Jesus was doing great miracles. Why do you think Jesus was doing great miracles in Capernaum? Remember the centurion's man was in Capernaum. How was he doing great miracles in Capernaum? Because the people there are seeing him full. And they keep asking and, and they've given up. They don't bring, the, bring up the law in Capernaum. So they were received. But in Nazareth, they are putting the onus of the lack of miracles on Jesus. God, 
you need to move the revival is not there because whose problem your problem lord no whose problem your problem because he is always ready if there is no water in your cup whose problem is it when there is water in the taps so is there a problem of receiving or giving that's why in the in the new covenant in the new testament you have said it always said that they prayed that the people might receive the holy spirit it's never said they prayed that god will give the holy spirit when you pray for people you don't say god give them healing god give them holy spirit never use the word is all the apostles said they will receive because he has already given when did he give before he even made the world he had already given he started by giving so they said he said i should i say to you no prophet is accepted in his home country means saying no prophet is seen full in his own country i say i say to you truly there were many widows in the days of elijah when the heavens were shut up but yet none to none of them was elijah said except this woman elisha said so where where the the healing that happened in elijah's time elisha's time lot of the healings happened to foreigners because they would not deserve it they would not claim that they are perfect under the law right and they received it freely everyone was trying to earn it in israel but god was sending father was sending prophets where he he can be seen full like naaman heard about his fullness about this prophet and came and naaman said you don't even need to come into the house because why if you if i come and lay hands on you and you get healed who gets the credit elijah elisha got the credit right he said he didn't want to take the credit he didn't want to take the credit he wanted the credit to go to the lord jesus so dip in the jordan seven times which is a picture of jesus in the jordan it's a picture of death that means you die in the jordan and receive the death of jesus as a gift and your skin will become white as no. you accept the death of jesus as a gift seven times perfect death in the jordan which is jordan is a picture of death jesus died perfectly gave it to you as a gift say so receive it and you walk away healed amen and then finally <clears throat> you ever wondered why most of the healings of jesus was done on a sabbath have you have you known noticed that most of the healings of jesus was done on a sabbath you know why sabbath is marked by god's supply rather than man's efforts sabbath is one place that man cannot get the credit for the supply that shows up on the door that's why it was very easy for jesus to heal on a sabbath because on a sabbath man did not walk in the finished work of jesus all legs are broken write it down <laughs> the moment jesus died on the cross the decree went out legs should be broken i know it's a prophetic picture you cannot walk in this grace you can only be carried in this grace in that ezekiel the temple he says this is a river in which you cannot walk you have to swim 
you have to be carried in this grace you cannot walk in this grace you can get no credit for your walking this sabbath is a finished work and let me close with this final thing i've been closing for some time right two minutes, two minutes. okay uh, everybody go to psalms 147 Psalms 147 verses 10 and 11. Psalms 147 verses 10 and 11. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He does not delight in strength of horses. He does not delight in strength of horses. Horses is the stuff that you possess. He does not delight in it. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. (laughs) There you go. He does not take pleasure in the legs of a man. He is not impressed by your legs. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I do have skinny legs. (laughs) I wear skinny jeans. I take the skinny, skinny. You know that nowadays they have skinny, skinny? I'm not even on a small. It's a skinny, skinny. Even that is like big for me. I think I'm on the right track. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. He does not take pleasure in the legs of a man. That means the more you can sit, good for you. If you rest in this covenant, rest means not that you don't work. You know what I mean? You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You don't pay the price for it. You don't do it. You want to flow in the abundance that God supplies. You have to get know this. God doesn't delight in the legs of a man. The greatest abundance happened. You know what I'm telling you? The greatest, one of the greatest evangelical crusades was done by a woman at a well that had just been born again. And all of Samaria came to hear Jesus. All of Samaria, all the city came and they said that we now believe because she partook and refused to walk, refused to walk in the given grace of Jesus Christ. And the, the prophecy was thus fulfilled that the reaper shall overtake the sower. Same day, born again, same day, harvest. Okay, that's never happened in, in Bible history except it was fulfilled in Jesus' time. Okay, then the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. Means they've given themselves up. They fear him. In those who hope in his mercy. Ask for mercy. Ask for mercy. Ask for mercy. I'm saying when Queen of Sheba went to see Jesus, and I'll close with this. He says, Jesus says, I told you how, how Jesus said greater than Jonah is here. When they were asking for signs and one signs in the sky. Jesus says, Jonah, no sign will be given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. The, the men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. You think God was merciful to Nineveh? I am so much more merciful now to you.
Then he said, the queen of Sheba came from the ends of the world to hear the wisdom of Solomon. But indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. You know when queen of Sheba went from the ends of the world to hear Solomon's wisdom? It's concerning the name of God. The name of God is a God, is a loving kindness God. She came to see that. And when she left Solomon's presence, Solomon blessed her with so much goods. You cannot go to Solomon and give him stuff. Sheba came to give him stuff. What happened to her? She went back taking stuff. You cannot come to Solomon and go back not taking more than what she gave. Amen? Do you agree? Do you agree? You cannot go to Solomon to a rich God. What was she impressed about Solomon? He said, I was impressed. She's what? You read, go back and read. I don't have time to read. I was impressed by, the, by their, his servants and how they sat. People are impressed by the king, by how the king takes care of his servants. But God, Jesus says, a greater than Solomon is here. Greater than Solomon is here. That means, you think Solomon took care of his servants? I know how I can take care of my sons. You know Solomon gave to Queen of Sheba? I know how I can give. If you being evil know how to give good things, do you think the Father in Heaven knows how to give good things? What do, you, what, do you, what do you think? Jerry, do you think the Father in Heaven knows? Do you think the Father in Heaven needs to go through a course or send him to a... You know, Jer, you have a... Do you do certifications every year? You have to do some exams every year? Continuing, what's called? Continuing education, CE, right? Do you need the Father in Heaven needs a continuing education for how to give good gifts? Has he forgotten to give good gifts? Are you sure? What do you think? Do you think the Father in Heaven has forgotten to give good gifts? I think it's Anil has been like 20 years. <laughs> I have not seen any good gifts in my life. He's forgotten. He says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts. Say no. I know how to give good gifts. How much more? My Father. Do you think your father knows how to give good gifts? Do you think he knows? Really? <laughs> do you think he knows? Do you think he knows? David, do you think he knows how to give good gifts? Do you have to kind of pry it out from him? Do you have to kind of shake him? Do you have to plead with him? Do you have to beg from him? Do you think it? What do you think people don't receive from him? They don't ask. Then what? Second. They don't give up. And third, they don't see him full. You got it. Hallelujah. You're going to be so blessed. And I want you to meditate on this message. I don't want you to go and meditate and read the scriptures. I, there are so many passages. Guys, I have notes full of examples and verses. There's so much stuff. This is like not even started. There's too much. I mean, the Bible is full. Did I, did I tell you the Bible ends by full? Did you read it? Did, did you glance towards the end? Lini, I saw her glancing towards the revelation. Is this guy really telling the truth? I want to check it. It is. This is how it ends. He says, he who comes, let him come to me and drink freely of the water of life. Don't come to him without price. If you come to me without price, I have been directed by my father. You receive nothing. You will not receive 
you are in the house you're going to die empty but you're going to come to me in my house and then you will see me full you know in heaven you have no choice but to receive good things why you know lenny why do you think in heaven you have no problem receiving because you see him full you see him full what's the difference between heaven and now nothing just because you cannot see it with your eyes doesn't mean he is not full still which is faith that's faith faith is not complicated faith is just seeing jesus full which he is like the samaritan woman i you don't you use have no bucket but i believe you can give me water and this is how revelation says and i test testify to everyone uh verse 17 and the spirit and the bride says come and let him who hears says come and let him who thirst come whoever desires let him take the water of life freely A lot of people want to drink this water of life but they want to they want to pay lord can i lord lord you're so good to me can i at least give you 2 dollars yeah. <laughs> it's an insult if you ever give god that see when if somebody gives you a house and you say can i give you at least 20 dollars please yeah. filthy rags don't even insult his gift don't don't assign a value for his gift it's immeasurable inheritance that's why the holy spirit is not given without price because it's a gift and so is every other gift every riches every healing everything so where are you right now on the earth say dressing room getting adorned with gifts but the bride has a problem the bride has to know that this god is rich enough so every time the holy spirit puts a year on him oh i hope you don't get bankrupt <laughs> every time the holy spirit gives you a new gift you don't have to be so apologetic oh really really yeah i hope this is not going to disappear tomorrow no 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 not disappear tomorrow i hope you you can pay up for you know i hope it doesn't hurt you no is more laid on laid on baby that's all you do in the earth on earth you say laid on because i can receive it amen because when you get laid on guess what you do with that you give you you know why do people don't give you you know david and lenny who are the most people who don't give have you seen the people who don't give are the people who have not received miraculously right those who have worked very hard for their wealth are the stingiest people right because they are like i worked for it i worked for this you know but the guys who receive they are able to give you want to give do you want to give prasad do you want to give <laughs> learn to receive from this god learn to receive learn to receive learn to receive i say anil uh, don't keep bringing up all your you know i worked i struggled so hard therefore i deserve to be blessed right now at least this i'm like 55 60 right now at least now you need to bless me <laughs> there is nothing to do with your age it is nothing to do i've been single for so long at least now you need to bless me why 
why you need to be blessed irrespective of what your status you're not blessed because of your lack you're blessed because he is full oh lord can't you see me a poor little fellow with nothing with me no 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 does it help you want to receive from him see him full you have to see him full you have to see him full and i showed you from example god the holy this is the holy spirit given this this is not mine it's not my words it's all the verses from the bible the holy spirit is very clearly told the father has directed jesus concerning his ways he will not give it for price or reward guys do you hear this serious he is not going to give it to you for price or reward get rid of this don't get into that rut he has directed the son even if the son wants to give you because he is compassionate the father has directed him cannot get it ask so are you can you be great askers and you and if you don't know how to ask you know what god has done for you he has given you the holy spirit for we do not know what to ask that's the biggest secret in the new covenant to pray in the spirit because you can receive great things by praying in the spirit because what are you doing in the spirit you are asking you want to be a professional asker pray in the spirit you got it john you pray in the spirit if you don't have the holy spirit just ask he just gives to you and when he gives to you he gives it to you in the moment you say he's given to you and you start speaking in other tongues you just start speaking in it it's already given to you the words are in your mouth it's the holy spirit it's a gift that's the first gift with that gift comes all the other gifts of the spirit okay great did you love this message god's good and god is going to do great things in your future because the doors are being flung open because you know how to receive from a full god receiving from a full god hallelujah let's just pray father we come before the throne of grace he kerema shutuna karasi kerama shutuna karasi le kerama shutuna kare e nerama shutuna lini keri just come come here hallelujah thank you jesus can you just prophesy over this group prophesy what the lord is putting in your heart she kerama shutuna karasi kerema shutuna kare Thank you Jesus. Declare our spirit eyes open everyone here to see you in your fullness. Yes master. Thank you Lord. No longer looking at our lack, no longer looking at ourselves. Thank you as Jesus. As incapable as not enough. Thank you Jesus. Receiving the abundance. Oh hallelujah. So karama satana karama sita ne karama satana karan. Oh hallelujah. Oh yes Lord. Thank you Jesus. Sai yes Lord. Oh yes Lord. Oh yes Lord. Oh mara shutuna kurasite nikaramasha panakare. Oh la ramashata nikarasa. Oh la marka. Kurasu si yes master. Karamashala karamashote nikarasi. Oh my God. Yes yes Lord. Yes master. Oh yes master. Karamashukaramashot supernatural. Yes master. in heaven yes lord saramashotana karisitani karamashotana karamasitani oh yes lord oh yes lord oh karamasitani kirasi yes lord sal karamashotana 
Yes, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. To multiply Yes, Master. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Master. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, yes, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, dead are being raised. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Master. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Master. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Master. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. None in Egypt, Lord. In, not in Egypt, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Not in Egypt. Oh, yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, Master. Oh, yes, Master. Oh, yes, Master. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Master. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Master. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, yes, Lord. The greatest revival. Oh, yes, Master. Oh, yes, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. If, if you or anybody that you know has in, in somebody that is close relative or somebody that you know has a lump in their breast, the Lord says, I am removing it for I have no lumps in my breast. Thank you, Jesus. For you see me full. You see me complete. You see me whole and you receive your healing right now in Jesus name thank you master thank you master thank you Jesus there's somebody out here who's trying to walk with a crutch this is a crutch from the past it's a crutch that you've leaned on for so many years you've always leaned on that crutch when you are depressed you went on that crutch when you're sad you went on that crutch and the Holy Spirit does not reveal it right now what that crutch is. But you know what that crutch is. The Lord says, give up! In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Throw away that crutch and give up. For if you do, says the Lord, this week you will see the restoration of all things in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you are obedient, you will eat the good of the land. When God says, if you are obedient, He's not asking you to do something hard. He's telling you to the easy thing. The easy thing is to lean on the crutch. He says, give up. 
as Jacob refused to walk and wept and sought favor. The Lord says, come with words and I will bless you. In Jesus name. Thank you Jesus. There is a blessing that is there for a woman. That is every time you go towards it, it keeps seems to be going a little further, a little further, a little further. It's like Jesus walking toward the centurion's man's house. The healing is there, but keeps going a little further and a little further. The Lord says, release your faith. To say, just a crumb is enough. I don't need to fast and pray. I don't need to work. I don't need to struggle. Just say the word, Lord, and I believe it. Lord, I don't need a hundred promises from you. One word, Lord, is enough. Lord, I don't need a hundred words from you, Lord. One word is enough for the situation. Go, says the Lord. And a legion of demons shall leave. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is somebody else, uh, it's a man, who has been trying to open a closed door for a long time. For you thought that that's the only door where all my blessing is. That's the door, if that door doesn't open, nothing is going to work out in my life. The Lord says that's a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You think that's the door. I say that is not the door. I am the door, says the Lord. Come to me. I am your door. And I am in your house. He who comes, enters through me, shall go in and out and find pasture. Don't be deceived, for I am your door. So Lord says, now listen to me, and I will speak clear words to you. And when you will do those things, things, doors, miracle doors will open up for you. But remember, I am your door. No man can make a door for you, for I am your door. If you walk in and out through me, you will find pastures and rest for your soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Now return, O Lord. Return, the Lord says, to the overseer of your souls. There There is a woman... There are a couple of women who have such emotional turmoil. They go from up to down to up to down. The Lord says, return to me. I am the overseer of your soul. I am responsible for you. I strongly urge you, get sold to my son. For he will own you and he will take all the cares about you. Cast all your cares on him. For he careth for you. You have been sold to him. Let him do the worrying. Let him do the waking up. For he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Let him do the waking up, says the Lord. Return, says the Father. Return to my son. 
Return to my son, the overseer of your soul and the shepherd. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be the shepherd. You be the sheep. Thank you, Jesus. Getting pasture is not your responsibility. It is his. Your responsibility is lying down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is a good shepherd. He makes me lie down besides green pastures. He restores my soul. Thank you, Jesus. I am the good shepherd. I am not like the other shepherds that had oversight over you in times past, says the Father. I truly care for you. Even before you have finished your current pasture, I have prepared the next one for you. I am not hunting for pastures while you are still finishing up. I have already prepared your pasture. You can never run out of my pasture. You can never run out of my sheepfold. You can never finish eating. You will eat and be satisfied, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. So if you are so marveled about how good I have done for you, I laugh, says the Father. Because you have no idea of the goodness and the inheritance that I have for you in this world and in the ages to come. Rejoice, says the Father. For I know, I clothe the lilies of the valley. How much more will I clothe you? O you of little faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. And there are some here who have made foolish mistakes. Knowingly, you made foolish mistakes. But the Lord says, am I not someone who can cover your foolish mistakes? Do you think my righteousness is not wide enough to cover it? Do you think my blood is not red enough to wipe it away? Do you think my hand is short that I cannot help you? Do you think my spirit is hard of hearing that I cannot hear your prayers? Have you given up in me helping you? The Lord says, ever since you committed that mistake, I have already forgiven and it doesn't even come to my mind. So now put it out of your mind, says the Lord. And walk on the highway of holiness as a righteous man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. I have called some of you to call wells that you have dug, which have not borne fruit, by new names. Names that I named, but you changed names along the way. Lord says, I am going to call, ask you to call those wells that are not producing in your life by the same names that I call them first. By which your father Abraham called them. God says, call them. Do not call yourself unmarried. Call yourself married, says the father. And those wells shall produce water for you. They will start producing fruit for you. 
businesses that are not doing well. God says, call them by new names right now. Investments that are not doing well. God says, call them by new names right now. Ministries that are not fruitful. God says, call them by new names right now. Names that I call them before you put names to it. Call them by my name, says the Father, and they will obey you. It will be Jezreel. It will repay the seed. It will respond. It will answer with the finest of wheat. Thank you, Master. New names. New names. New names. New names. Someone has been calling their spouses by some old names. If you want to see fruit in their lives, you have to start calling them by the names that the Father calls them. If you are frustrated that he or she is not being fruitful in your life, it's check the words of your mouth. Call them by the names that the Father calls them and you will see those wells become fruitful and the wines bear new wine, says the Father. Thank you, Jesus. In everything, says the Father, ask of my Son in my Son's name that your joy shall be full. And learn to ask, says the Father in the Spirit. For you will ask of things that you would never thought that you will have the faith for. But you will ask in the Spirit. And I will answer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we receive from you this word. We receive from this word with gratitude and with all grace. For we are thankful for you. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Master.